Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Talk and Toppies with me, Peter, and co-host Andy. Tonight we'll be reviewing our win over Sheffield Wednesday, our 1-1 draw versus Leicester, as well as Everton's pathetic performance versus Newcastle. We'll also be previewing our upcoming away fixtures at Leeds and Man United. So Andy, we start with the FA Cup game. Everton 3 Sheffield Wednesday nil. It was a comfortable win, as expected, really. Um, briefly then, just going through the goals, we, we, well, before the goals, the, the first chance of the game fell to Richarlison. Seven minutes in, hit, hits the bar, sets the tone for the game, really. Um, it was pretty much one-way traffic. And then, not long after that, after that, a disallowed goal um, with Hammers putting them through. It was unlucky, really. It was a tight call. Um, and yeah, you know, we, we kept probing uh, and pressing. And on the 28th minute, Andre Gomez turned in the box well and finds Dominic Calvert Lewin on the back post. Um, I mean, it was one way traffic. And when we go 1 0 up in this one, it just seemed to be a pretty routine evening. Is that how you saw it? Yeah, I thought we played some nice stuff on the night. I think we were linking up well. Um, you know, we were dictating the game. We really took it to. Chef Wed on the night, and we were, you know, we deserved to go through to the next round. I think we were the most better side. I think that they had the chance early on as well, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, also with a good save. Um, so yeah, I think overall for the night, I think we've done quite well. We played some really nice stuff. Um, you know, Rodriguez, especially, you know, in there just dictating play. I think uh, it was quite impressed with us, to be honest. Yeah, and, and you mentioned Hammers there, and, and he kills the game in the second half with those two corners. Um, one for Richarlison. I thought Richarlison played well on the night. Um, he more or less kills it with the second goal, but then a couple of minutes later, just after the hour mark, Yeni Mina puts it to bed with, you know, all down to Hammers' delivery. Um, I agree with yourself. I thought he was brilliant on the night. And I suppose, you know, put it in context, Sheffield Wednesday had a weakened side. So, you know, we did go pretty strong with the lineup and yeah, it was comfortable, um, but it was a professional job, wasn't it? You know, we needed to get through, um, you know, to, to give ourselves a chance of ending that trophy drought. Um, yeah, so very brief on this one then. It was, uh, as you say, a comfortable evening. Um, I suppose we need to touch towards the end of the game with the two young lads that came on. Thierry Small making his, his professional debut. Youngest ever Everton player, and Tyler Onyango. Also making his full debut. I mean, the two lads have been <clears> training with, with the fair team, and I think they do both have bright futures at the club. Um, on Sierra Small, he's not agreed a new contract at the moment, and he's been linked with Bayern Munich. And you know, with the left backs at the club already, I hope you know there is a, an avenue for him to progress through the ranks and make the fair team. I mean, they only had ten minutes or so, and the um, from what you saw of them. What did you make it of the cameos? Yeah, I think they've done quite well, didn't they? Coming on is never easy for your debut in a situation like that when it's the game's already uh, finished, pretty much. Um, I thought Thierry Small, I've been watching quite a lot of them on social media since um, he was linked with Bayern a few months back, and he just looks like an explosive left-back, doesn't he? Like a, a modern-day um, full-back, if you like, you know, very attacking and getting down that left. Flanking there, uh, looks like he can put a few shots away as well. So, um, was happy to see him come on, you know, break a record, take Josie Baxter's record off him. Um, it was good to see. And um, Tyler and Yango as well, you know, he looks a unit, doesn't he? Come on, he yeah. has a presence in the centre midfield. 
um, we might be a little bit Fellini and all the stature. Um, so yeah, I was I was able to see. Obviously, they, they didn't have too much to to contribute to the game, but you know, best of luck to them. Hopefully, they come on a few more times before the end of the season if the the situation you know allows them to. Yeah, it was. It was great to see, and it was another good night for the academy. And as you say, you know, it was a comfortable evening all round. And bear in mind, you know, we had that Villa game postponed. It was important, really, that we got a bit of momentum um, to, to, you know, take into the Leicester game. So yeah, you know, we 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 won it comfortably as expected, and you know, I'm sure we'll have a, a tougher time in the next round with, with Tottenham at Goodison. Um, so yeah, as I say, it was important then that you know we had momentum going into the Leicester City game at home, and it just felt like a big game. This one, um, obviously, the you know the deadline prior to kick off was if we won the game, we went fourth. Um, obviously, you know we drew one one. For me, it was clear early on that we were going to sit back and absorb and allow Leicester to have all the ball. Um, and I was sort of in two minds. A part of me was thinking, well, the core and Alan weren't playing. So you've got Andre Gomez and Tom Davis in there on their own. And they're not the most effective in, in the central midfield. With Andre Gomez, you don't know what you're going to get. And obviously with Tom Davis, we're both of the opinion that he is fairly limited. Um, so I don't know. A part of me was a bit disappointed that we set up the way we did with a chance to go forward. I was hoping we'd really take the opportunity. Um what, you know, before we get into the game, what did you make of our approach to this one? I have th- seen a lot of disappointment at the end of the game and I think that's a that's a good thing. I'm seeing as a positive because where we're at the moment, you know, everyone obviously wants us to push on and get them European spots and um in reality it was always going to be a tough game against Leicester. They started off brilliant as well. Um I think that it made sense to try and uh, sit back considering how well we've been defending of late and how solid we have looked at the back. So I think it made sense to to set up the way we did. If we had the likes of um, Decore and Allen available, it might have been a little bit different and it might have been a little bit more efficient. But I think for what we had on the night, you know, it made sense really to, to try and get something out of the game. Uh, obviously, the three points would have been ideal, but it wasn't to be in the end. Yeah. And you, you said the Leicester started brilliantly. They did. They, they controlled the first half now of the game. And Madison was unlucky with an effort from distance. Um, just putting it over in the Gladys Street. And yet, you know, for all the possession Leicester had, it was Everton that took the lead. Um, brilliant goal for me. Um, just as an analysing the goal, uh, you know, something we spoke about before is Luca Dean in that advanced left midfield position and was that another example obviously Hammers's goal was was you know superb and more or less down to his his magic if you like but Luca Dean's layoff we saw that against Wolves do you know do you think that's something that we should be looking to to really hone in on whilst we keep Godfrey in that left back position? I personally I think I said the other week I'd definitely you know look to give him a few more games out wide on the left there especially with Godfrey looking so solid a left back I think we've looked our most dangerous all season when it's going down the left with, with Luca Dean. Um, in linking up with Rodriguez, in putting balls in for Dominic Calvert-Lewin, it's where our threat's coming from and I think that we need to play towards our strength and I definitely think we need to be utilising that. He's got to, I don't think, obviously we're going to get on to it, I don't think he played particularly well yesterday against Newcastle, but 
it is a constant threat or our, our main source of threat. So I think we need to utilize them. With Godfrey play looking so solid at left back, I know he's not natural there, but you know, defensively, Dean can then slot back into that left back role. So I just think it makes sense, you know, while it, it, it seems to be working, continue it, you know what I mean? Keep it going. Yeah. And just on the, the goal itself, what, what were your thoughts with that? It was a bit of a world, wasn't it, by Hammers? Yeah, it's, it's what he's capable of, and I know a few people, have, myself included, didn't think he had that in him with his right foot. Um, but it was one of them. As soon as it left his foot, it, it, I just knew um, it was going in the back of the net. It was a great finish. Um, and what I liked about it as well, normally Everton haven't been great over the years of punishing teams for when they make a mistake, and I think we we done that well at that particular moment um, that we capitalised on uh, for a bit of judgment by one of their players. Yeah, yeah. And this is the thing that maybe has got myself and other fans into your minds, is that before the goal, it was all Leicester, and after Everton score, pretty much was the case that Everton surrendered possession willingly to Leicester. Um, but, you know, the commentators at the time, when, when Leicester equalised, they described the goal as inevitable. I don't know how inevitable it was. Yes, Leicester were coming <clears> on to us and it was wave and wave of attack. But you said it yourself, the back four on the night defended well and before Leicester's equaliser and after Leicester's equaliser, I don't remember any clear-cut chances. They had chances and they were the better team for me. But I don't remember any clear-cut chances. For you with that equaliser, did, did you think it was inevitable? Were you a little bit disappointed that we did sit off the way we did? I think we did defend well and we were solid for the most part but I did feel just as the goal was coming there was a bit of a, a, a change in the intensity of the attacks and, and we looked a little bit um, a little bit more shaky at the back um, and not as solid I think we dealt with set pieces exceptionally well all night anything that come in we, we were dealing with uh, up. and then I just felt there was a bit of a, a change before they scored so I wouldn't say it was inevitable um, but I, I wasn't surprised when it did come to obviously there's then I was hoping that we could either get a goal back or at least take a point from the game but um, I wasn't surprised when they did score like. Yeah and it was deserved when it went in you know, there was no complaints at all I suppose that the obvious disappointment is whether you know the goalkeeper could have kept it out for myself personally I think there's two errors in there um, just before the goal the, the there was a corner that probably could have been avoided with Pickford. I think he just lost his bearings and he's ended up scrambling to his left-hand side and pushing it out. I don't think that's the worst error in the world. I think if you're unsure, you're better clearing your lines and, and making sure you're not caught out. But ultimately, you know, a goalkeeper there should see that out for a goal kick. But then there's the obvious one, isn't there, with, you know, the, the equaliser. Um, is there... An argument that he saw the shot lace uh, and there's a lot of bodies in front of him, or is it a case that there's no real defence for this? He, you know, he's got to hold his hands up and, and just say it as, it as what it was. It, it was a poor bit of goalkeeping and he should have kept it out. I think there's an argument for it, but I don't think it stands up to me. It, for me, it's at, that, at the level he's playing at, he needs to be making them, them say he's England's number one, he's Everton's number one. Uh, he needs to be keeping that out. Um, you know, if it was in the corner and he's wrong-footed, 
Um, but it didn't seem to be that. And I know we had five, six players in front of them, shots coming in, but there was enough distance from when the ball was hit um, to the goal for me to, to get down. So I think it's a, it was a weak hand that he went down with. And I spoke to my brother, Phil. Obviously, he's been on this podcast uh, a little while ago and he used to play professional football and goal, obviously not to the same level. but uh, And he was of the opinion as well, leading up to it, you know, it, it's... His handling can be in question as well. He, Phil was taught to catch absolutely everything and don't leave anything, don't tip anything behind the corner, don't give the, the opposition a chance to capitalise from something. And I just feel that he's not he's not doing the basics, I don't feel. Um, he can make... I, I think he was playing quite well up until that point as well uh, in the game. I think he, he had an OK game and I think he's been a lot more consistent lately, but at the level he's playing at, he can't keep consistently making mistakes that cost us. Um, we could have we could have lost the game the other night because of that. And we not, we lost two points as it stands. We know the result now. We lost two points because of it. So how many times is it going to happen until I, I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to work out for him. I want I really do, but how many times is it going to happen? Yeah, and how many times could we keep talking about him as well? It's I suppose really that incident makes you know Evans approach difficult to criticise because as much as I wanted Evans to get out Leicester and go and take the opportunity to, to go into the Champions League positions, if Pickford does his job there, there is a feasible argument that Evans win the game one 0 because that's how we beat in Arsenal, that's how we beat in Chelsea. You know, yeah, there was waves and waves of attacks, but there was no Vardy there. They weren't getting in behind us. So I agree with you. It's poor and not only had Pickford played well in that game, but he's played well for quite a while. Mm. But that can't excuse these moments. Mm. Not not for Everton. Maybe if you're not challenging for European places, maybe. But for where Everton are and where we want to be, we can't carry Pickford. Um, you spot on about the weekend. It reminded me of the disallowed goal Liverpool scored at the death at Goodison. Mm. Oh, okay, Henderson was a lot closer to the goal, but it's that. It's that thing again where Pickford does get there, but he doesn't have a strong enough hand that it ends up going into the back of the net. Tell me again about that goal, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it involved a young copite crying for his mother. <laughs> <laughs> Mum! And no scores. But that's it. It's, it's these moments where, yeah, he shows glimpses of being a, a competent goalie, but whilst these errors persist, you know, I'm sick of hearing the, the England arguments. I said that to you before. He's not probably not good enough to be Everton's number one with, with these errors. Um, but again, I suppose after that goal, it sort of made it a little bit more frustrating because whilst we did give Leicester so much of the ball, you know, towards the end of that game, there were chances to win it. Yeah. Each eight minute, Dominic Calvert-Lewin puts it wide. I mean, nine times out of ten, he scores that. It was a great cross by Luka Dean. Again, we touched on how effective he is in that, you know, left left midfield position. Brilliant crossing. Calvert Lewin's got to be at the target. Um, we then had Andre Gomez, who shown why he's never going to be that top row midfielder. He, he just couldn't make his mind up. He he didn't know whether to hit a fair time or control it, and in the end, he does nothing. They're the moments where class midfielders find the back of the net, or at the very least, hit the target. We then had Richarlison, who I was disappointed then on the night. Um, you may disagree. After he played against Sheffield Wednesday, I thought he'd really kick on in this one. 
um, goes through Paul, and he had a header, a free header, where he didn't even get it on target. So, I suppose that was disappointing that towards the end of the game, we could have won it. And, you know, we could have won it, whereby we didn't really lay much of a glove on Leicester. We did score that well, but it wasn't until Leicester equalised that we then, you know, went again. And I suppose when you look at how Leeds beat Leicester today, and how Everton, in fact, beat Leicester themselves in December, you just feel like there was an opportunity missed it in the way we set up. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, you know, I think we we did show Leicester a bit too much respect and I think we should be more amb- ambitious. That said, I, I take the point, you know, no Allen and no Decore, it's difficult. And, and if Pickford does the job, maybe we, we do win at 1-0. Um, just want to go back to the Charleston. I think there could be a bit of a difference in opinion. I've just said my bit there on him. Um, I thought I just thought he was sloppy, to be honest. I thought he gave the ball away a lot. I don't think he's sharp in front of the goal, which is fine. I think that happens, but I think it's his ball retention um, that that's frustrating me. It, do you do you share that opinion, or or do you think that that's very harsh on him? No, I, I share the opinion that his ball retention has been quite poor, and his overall play. I don't think he's been at it now for a little while. Obviously, got his goal against Sheffield Web that he was that he needed. Um, but I wanted to touch, touch on more. I think we we spoke about it after the game, but on social media there seems to be a bit of a you know a few people. I wouldn't say turning against them, but you know I think the expectations are that high from them that um, people are being a little bit unforgiving for his performances. And I think on the night he worked really hard defensively. I think he really put a shift in, um, which I think he has been all season. Even I don't think he enjoys playing in the role he's playing in. We've said it on this podcast before, but that being said, it doesn't stop. His work ethic and his work rate, and I don't think it's an attitude problem. We said this with Tom Davies in the past. I don't think it's an attitude problem. I think he's a, a, a bit of a, a poor uh, run of form. I don't know whether he's enjoying his football or not. Obviously, only he knows that. Uh, but I just think that some of the, you know, we need we need to stick with him. We need to stick behind him. And I know people are saying that he should come out and on form. I probably agree with that if we had the options. But I personally think we need to stick with him and. and and stay with him through this rough patch. He, he is still, people forget, uh, similar to quite a few of our other players, really, but people forget how young he is as well. And he's going to have these moments in his career, and I think that we need to stick with him. Um, and he, he'll, he'll come out of it. Um, hopefully, that's not playing up front, but if, you know, if we, we run short up, up top, but um, hopefully it's in that position. But I, I'm sure he'll come good. I, I think we just need to stick with him and, and persevere with him on the pitch. I do disagree. I think, look, I agree in the sense of stick with him and he'll come with I get that. But, but I personally would like to see him out the team now. And this is, I know we'll touch on it later with, with the transfer window. Um, but this is my concern with the lack of options we now have. I think he, he benefits from one or two games out, out the side. Um, don't think he's he's really got going since the sending off in the derby, to be honest. Um, thoughts. Before, you know, leading up to the derby, he started well. I know we hadn't been scoring a lot, a lot of goals, but he was pivotal to what we were doing. Um, and I just think he hasn't been able to get going. He played well against Sheffield Wednesday, as I say, but I think he would benefit from maybe a game or two on the bench. Um, I mean, you know, I look at them across the park and they've got top forwards in Mane, Salah, Firmino. Even they have 
patches where it just doesn't go for them. I mean, today they played West Ham and they never started Mane. You know, this is the thing with options. They've got the likes of Origi, Shakiri. They're not world beaters, but they're options. And Everton did have limited options in Bernard, Walcott, Tolson. They've got rid of that, which, you know, no problem with in terms of the, the qualities they brought, but you've got to have something in reserve. And I don't know. I don't know whether playing with Charlton week in, week out is the best thing for him. I think maybe someone else coming in just for a game or two, take him off the side. I suppose, you know, time will tell. I think with the options or lack of that we have, we will play him every week and hopefully he does come through it. Um, but that, that's my concern that it isn't happening for him at the minute and there's no, there's nothing else there. You know, it, I think he just, I think he benefits from the game of two out. Um, but yeah, I suppose time will tell on that one. Just the last, well, one of the last thoughts on the Leicester game is I, I thought Tom Davis played well. I don't think he was hugely effective in terms of getting that Leicester, but just in a more reserve role, he was asked to play of sitting in. I thought he'd done a decent job. Um, and I just thought to highlight that because, you know, we do criticise him an awful lot and I still don't think he's, you know, he's the answer for Everton. But given what we saw in the game we're going to come on to with Newcastle, I think, you know, with the job Tom Davis done against a much tougher midfield, I thought it was worthy to mention, you know, I thought he had a decent game. Um, any any other thoughts on Leicester before we move on? No, I... I you know, you know, it was it was an opportunity, wasn't it, to come up against Leicester without Jamie Vardy and with them not being at the, the strongest. And three points would have been very nice, but it wasn't to be. And it, it's a good point when you think about it, considering we have top players out missing as well. So, um, you know, I was a bit disappointed, which, as I said, is a good thing. I think it's a positive. But uh, overall, it was a tough point before the game, really. Yeah, yeah. At the time, I thought it was an opportunity missed, but... I also think, uh, sorry, I also thought at the time, take the point, let's go and beat Newcastle. Um, the reason being, as I keep saying, Alan and Decore are our best two midfielders and taking both of them out the team, I think, against Leicester's midfield, I think it, it was a big ask. Um, but yeah, it was an incredible performance, uh, maybe minus Jordan Pickett. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we've we, we done, we done okay on the night. Um, so yeah, it leads us into the Newcastle game. Um, at Goodison, I think we both expected Everton to win this one. Um, we went for 3 0, didn't we? You know, we were really confident. Before we get into what was an absolute train crash of <laughs> a game, um, Jordan Pickford started after Ancelotti indicated in a press conference he hadn't made his mind up. Does that concern you that one of the most important positions on the park and the manager's not sure who he's going to put in goal? I think you know. I think he knows really. I, th- I always feel that Ancelotti sort of um, minimises, t- tries to play down any sort of lifts or any sort of anything going on behind the scenes. I think he likes to keep things in house. Um, I think he would have known he was, he was starting with Pickford. To be honest with you, um, I, I expected to see Olsen and go. Uh, I don't know whether I expected to see Olsen and go, but I wanted to see Olsen and go myself. Um, yeah. Me too. And in terms of the team, um, were you disappointed with Hallgate of Godfrey coming out? I was really, because I don't think he deserved it. And I understand that we put in two natural fullbacks uh, in Dean and Coleman. But I think that 
we were defending really, really solid, you know, where Godfrey, as a, again, he's not a left-back, but he's, he was doing exceptionally well in that position. He really was. He was a danger, he was a threat, in fact. Um, I think Holgate as well, I wouldn't say he's the same effect as Godfrey, but I think he, he looked quite natural, he's good on the ball. And I think we, we look more solid, more, I don't know, there's more cohesion there with the four that we had. And if it works, don't change it. And I know we didn't get the three points against Leicester, but, you know, on another day we would have. And I think we defended well on the night. So going into this one, I was a little bit disappointed. I know we're playing a lot of football as well, but, yeah, I don't think it was the right time really to try and go back to the, the flat back board of them of, of Coleman and Dean in there as well. Yeah, I agree with all that. Um, I, I, I would have gone with Alson in goal and I, I would have kept Holgate and Godfrey. Same reason, as you say, we didn't win the game, but you know, Leicester's goal come from a goalkeeping error. Um, I think the back four done a good job and Maybe not so much Holgate, but, but definitely Godfrey. He, he was one for me that I just thought he can't come out the team the way he's playing. He just can't come out the team. But what I would say is we do have a lot of football coming up. We've got Leeds Wednesday, United Saturday, then we've got Tottenham the Wednesday after. There's an awful lot of games there. Um, and the other thing is the team that he picked, in my opinion, it was good enough to win the game. So I wouldn't, for me anyway... As much as I didn't agree with a couple of decisions, I wouldn't. I wouldn't look at the lineup as one of the reasons why why it went as bad as it did for me. Um, so if you go on into the game, then I think the first real chance. Well, I think anyway, it was on the 15 minute mark with um, Hammers free kick. I thought Hammers' ball in was brilliant, and Yanni Mina just wasn't switched on, and it ends up hitting his head. And I just think if Mina switched on there, Everton got one and up within 15 minutes, and you you know you've got a different game. Um, but we just didn't we didn't seem comfortable in the early exchanges, and, and we looked like the away side, and you hope that we'd find our feet in it. It didn't really happen. Um, for me, I thought Wilson bullied Everton's defence. Um, very unlucky on the half hour mark not to put them one and up. And in fairness to Pickford, it was a good save pushing them onto the bar. And at the time, I thought it should have been a wake-up call for a Charleston. Um, Everton set up to defend set-pieces in zones. And the Charleston zone was clearly on that near post. And Wilson got the better of him there. And I just thought, like, next time that happens, he's got to be alive to it. I thought the amount of corners Newcastle had was embarrassing for the away side. I lost count. Definitely double figures. I'm sure it was double figures. They had that many. Um but yeah, they didn't seem to wake up from that. And Newcastle just seemed more comfortable on the ball. Um, you said it to myself off, off, the, off the podcast that, you know, Everton went with two natural fallbacks and he just seemed to be more open. Why do you think that was? I don't know. I don't know. I think I best thing has been working because we've got two centre-halves playing out wide in the wing-back areas, you know, we're defending quite narrow um, and we're pushing everything out wide, but they've got enough pace about them as well to stop the crosses coming in, so I, I don't know, it's just, I, for me, Coleman when he goes in, I love Seamus Coleman, um, but I've been quite critical of the amount of, you know, amount of balls that he lets come into, you know, come into the box and how many crosses he, he could get to or he could do better with. Um, and Dean, uh, we've already spoke about him as well, you know, from an attacking point of view, he's 
fantastic. But defensively, I don't think he's the don't think he's up there in the league in terms of left back defensively, but attacking definitely probably one of the best in Europe uh, going forward from that position. Um, so yeah, I think but from a defensive point of view, I just think that we look more solid when we had the the original four um, defending more narrow and just looked more of a unit. Yeah, I agree. It, we 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 never we never seem comfortable throughout the game, and the second half, you're hoping as a fan, Ancelotti's got into them, and then you know we'd be more organised. I kept thinking to myself, we just need five minutes on the ball. We just need a five minute spell of keeping the ball, and you know become more comfortable in the game. Um, but no sooner had the second half started, and Newcastle broke on us, and. Um, it was Wilson again who again I thought he bullied Mina all game and he should have scored to put them one nil up and there was a naivety about seven when you get caught on the break and normally the opposition takes a yellow card on the halfway line to prevent the, the counter attack building but we never got close to them all game. And then seventy second minute, they got one nil up, they deserved it. Wilson with the header. Um I've saw a couple of people, I don't know about yourself, I've saw a couple of people think, you know, say that Pickford should have done better for this goal. But for me, I just think that Charleston's poor. And I know that might seem odd blaming the, you know, the forward for, for defending the corner, but we're clearly set up and zoned. And as I say, in that first half, when Charleston job was on that near post where Wilson put himself and he never learned his lesson. He let Wilson have a run on him and it's another free header. Really good header. Um for myself, I don't think it's something that Pickford could have saved. Um, I might be being a bit lenient with him. For yourself, was there, was there anywhere else in the park? Or, sorry, anybody else on the park you thought could have done better for that one? Or was it a collective? Was it just poor? Yeah, I just think it, it was poor. And the commentators and a lot of people have been giving us a lot of praise for the way we're setting up for to defend free kicks coming to the box and corners. Um, I, I'm never a fan of sort of marking zones. Uh, I'm always a person for man to man, but obviously Ancelotti has a style, and I'm not going to argue against it if he thinks it's the best with Everton, then it's the best with Everton. Um, I do think that the Charles, he won a couple of betters early doors in the game, which I thought he'd done really well with, but then that, that standard didn't maintain throughout the game, and obviously, um, I think he could have done a lot better to, to, to stop Wilson getting. Yeah, on the ball, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't particularly. I think it'd be harsh to blame Pickford, and, and I think you're right in mentioning before that he did make a good save, even though he didn't want to start. He did make an exceptionally good save and tipped it onto the bar. So uh, I wouldn't blame him for the goal. No, I, I just think that defensively, we well, the whole game, no matter where it was in the park, we didn't seem switched on, um, and especially for that goal. Yeah, and I I do agree with you. I'm one of them that prefers Manchester Market rather than his own, but. In fairness, I think Everton have been very good defensively. In in he said it against Leicester, from set pieces in particular, we were very strong defensively. And I just think it's one of those that if you've got to do zone marking, which we do, and we do defend them deep, every player's got to take responsibility, and that didn't happen. But that, um, that, that's it. But that's the reason I like man for man marking because you know players know that they need to what they're responsible for. And they they'll get shown up like if if they don't do the job. Uh, whereas zonal marking, I feel sometimes and I felt in this game that there was such a lack of leadership throughout the whole game. I'm sure you might get onto it in a minute, but I, I feel that's a massive risk when you're doing zonal marking because 
um, if Keane and Mina don't, or if the keeper doesn't come out and, and Mina, uh, Mina and Keane don't take charge, who will? Um, and that's my concern about that because we, I fear there's, there's a lack of leadership in the squad. Yeah, and that's what I was going to come on to there. It's hand in hand, really. Newcastle go 1 0 up at Goodison, and you just touched on there about leadership. There was absolutely no response, and I think that must drive Evertonians mad. Normally, in a game like that, when you're at home and the away side takes the lead, especially an away side that's expected to be beaten, you think then, right, for the next 18 minutes, the home side will throw everything at them, and at least there'll be credible efforts to get in the game. And yeah, the lack of leadership was glaring. It was never close to being 1-1. It, you know, obviously, eventually it went 2-0 and could have been more. Um, and that's it. You know, you go 1-0 up, there's no leadership. Wilson's rounding the keeper, hitting the post. Um, and then, obviously, in stoppage time, we have a corner. We get it on the break and Wilson's wrapped it up to, to make it 2-0. Um Again, you know, that stage in the game, you know, we lost. Um, you know, the game was over anyway, so I don't want to be too critical on the goalkeeper. But I do have to say, for me, I thought Pickford was shocking, you know. I, I do. I, when you see it live, it always looks like, oh, we should be finishing that anyway. But when you watch it back, Pickford's coming out, he's going back. He's, he doesn't know whether to come or go. That's error number one. As a goalie, for me, you make a decision. Stay on your line or go and get the ball. So he doesn't know whether he's coming or going. And, of course, the strike is the favourite to finish in that scenario. But there's no angle. Pickford shows him the goal. Like, watch your back. He steps aside and it's a, it, it, it's an open goal. And it just makes me think that sometimes Pickford doesn't know where he is in the sense of his positional goalkeeping sense. Um, he's shown too much of the ball to Wilson. But... I don't want to go over the top with Pickford. You know, my opinion is he's not good enough for Everton. But in this case, there's so many poor performers out outfield that the game was over anyway. I don't think Pickford's performance contributed to Everton losing this one. Um, what what did you make of the second goal? Do you think it just summed up some performances that we saw this season getting caught in the break late on like that? I'll be completely honest. I've seen it once live and stormed out of the room, and I haven't watched it back. <laughs> I haven't been able to. So I don't blame you. What you're saying, to be honest with you, I I didn't notice at the time. Uh, normally, I, I spot things, errors or things that were, you know, moments of brilliance in the replays. You know, when the passion's out of it. But at the time, I was just far too angry. Uh, just stormed out of the room, so I can't even comment on it, to be honest. I don't blame you. I look, there's, there's a lot of fans that will say the same. And look, Pickford, that performance yesterday by Pickford wasn't anything we lost. So I don't want to go over the top with him. There was a lot of poor performance. But it was just when, when I saw it back, he, he let so much of the goal wide open. Um, it, it was poor keeping for me. But credit to Wilson, he bullied Everton. He was unlucky not to get a hat-trick. Um, embarrassing that he bullied Everton the way he did. But, you know, he did, he did play well. That was the um, most frustrating thing to me, more so than the feat itself. It, it was the way we we allowed Newcastle to come to Goodison Park. And they're not the only team this year to do it, but they kicked us off the park and they bullied us and we didn't stand up to them and, and you know, let them know that you can't you can't come to Goodison Park. Imagine, I seen it on Twitter today, someone say, imagine Peter Reid allowing that to happen. Yeah. It just wouldn't happen. Um, and this is, that's the most frustrating thing about the game is Hamas Rodriguez was 
took out in the first half, probably in the first 25 minutes, three, four times. And we were allowing it to happen. John Joe Shelby coming to Goodison Park. And yeah, as you said, Wilson with, um, with Mina. Mina going down, Mina nice back to the space. What, what was going on? That, that comes back for me to what you said before about the lack of leadership. I mean, you talk, you talk about cynical, deliberate foul play. Again, not a criticism in Newcastle. I totally understand their position with it. But they weren't even kicking Hammers. They were literally standing on his left foot. It was blatant. They were all taking turns. And, the, you know, the referee was poor. And, it, and, he, and he let a lot go. But don't rely on the referee. And I remember saying this to you when we had Kevin Ratcliffe on. You know, you can't rely on the referee to look after you, especially Goodison. I mean, for me, a bit disappointed in, in Abdukori not going through Shelby. Um, doesn't matter if they're down the bottom end of the table, you've got to be ready to mix it with them. Just because you're higher than them in the league doesn't mean you'll be able to outplay these teams. And that yesterday was a, was a fight and it was who wanted it more and the outfalters. And you're dead right with me now. This is why I just can't say to our centre-backs because could you imagine, I keep saying it, could you imagine a, a Julian Lescott or a Diston or a Jagielka need a nice pack for what Wilson's done? Done nothing, actually. He should push his hand. And, and that's a disappointment with me. And I mean, he's six foot, what, six foot five? And he's going down like that. And that would be points with Cavani in the League Cup. Evertonians were, were dead right. It was a straight red. But at the same time, I remember saying to you, do you should our centre-half be going down in a quarter-final like that? For me, he shouldn't. He needs to stand strong. And, and even if he was it, which I don't believe, don't let the opposition see that you're in. Get up and, and, and give it back. And Yeah, I think we were out for it yesterday. Every second ball, they wanted it more. As Seamus Coleman said to himself, that's, that was the case, um, which is very frustrating that our own captain saying that because you'd like to see him bollocking the players at the time and lead by example. Um, I think that game required the kind of tackle that would have got a crowd going if, if we were allowed in there. Um, we saw down the years the tackle can get a crowd on side and that's what the game needed and Everton player to go through one of theirs just to give a bit back. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of poor performance. We'll start with the goalkeeper. Um, not so much this one, but obviously the Leicester game as well. We touched on it before. Has your opinion changed that the season's going on about Pickford? Being the long-term answer for Everton, do you still think they need someone else? Yeah, um, I want him to work out for him. I really do. I think I, you said before, I don't think he's good enough. I do think he's good enough for Everton. Um, it's these mistakes that are killing us, and it's not mistakes that he's getting away with. They're getting highlighted every time because they're costing us every time, and there's only so long that we can afford as a club for that to happen. I mean. We were talking about it a little bit yesterday, where I am one for for being patient and over the next few years understanding that you'll have to show a great deal of patience. But at the same time, this year, the way the league is, there's an opportunity there uh, to take some, and we could bypass a few years, a few patient years, if you like, if we can secure top four in Europe. But my fear is with games, you know, dropping points like we did against Leicester and certain other games. Um, you know, we're going to miss out in Europe because of that lack of consistency and the points that were dropping because of Jordan Pickford's mistakes. It's too much of a risk. I think we need to I think that, that's it with me. I think, I mean, the best example is Neville Southall with, with 
you know, the league title winning teams he was in. I'm not saying we need to go and get a goalie from a Southall's ability to do that will cost you well over 70, 80 million and you need to be in the Champions League already to attract a goalie like that. But what I'm getting at is you need a goalie that not only won't make mistakes or very few, but you need a goalie that when you're crap and you've been battered for 90 minutes, you can get out alive either with a point or maybe sneak it with three points. And maybe Leicester was an example whereby Leicester dominated the game, but as dominant as they were, Everton got the goal and Everton's goal was a worldie. And we could have snuck that. And it would have got us into fourth place. Um, whether we deserved it or not, it looked as though we would have kept them out. And I think maybe that's it. Pickford's not the kind of goalie that can stand up to 90 minutes of being bombarded. I think he's the kind of keeper that if you keep knocking on the door, you, you know, we will be breached. And I think it's a letdown for the defenders. I don't think Everton's back four against Leicester deserved that goalkeeping. You know, we've talked about Godfrey, Holger, Keenan, Mina, and how well they've been playing. I think it must be so disheartening for them that they turned round to that team and shot and it ended up at the back of the net. And I think that can spread. I've said it before, it's like it, it's like a cancer. If you've got something that's wrong and it's making mistakes, it spreads, spreads throughout the team. Um, but I don't want to hammer them, you know, especially yesterday. There was a lot of our field players that were poor, but yeah, his, his form does need highlighting. Another one, and we, we touched on him earlier, Seamus Coleman. Um, He's been battered on social media for me, and I think it's harsh, but I do think this week's highlighted that long term. We do need another right back. Um, we said in the summer, didn't we, that we, we, we needed something else at right back, and we saw John Joe Kenny tonight signing for Celtic, so it's clear that Everton still don't have the answer for who is the long term right back. Do you think for Coleman there's a possibility that he just needs to find form and he needs to be in a settled team, or... Are we seeing the decline of Seamus Coleman now? Unfortunately, I go with the latter there. Um, I do think we need a long-term replacement in there. Let me say at the start, well, I said at the start of the season, you know, give John Joe Kenny a, a go in there, but obviously that hasn't materialised at Everton. And, and it's clear that he wasn't, he was a fair choice. Right back there, he wasn't behind Holgate. Um, I think we can we probably get away with Holgate and Coleman. Um, for the second half of the season now, but I think going into the summer, we need that, that's a priority area, to be honest with you. Uh, I definitely yeah. need a long-term replacement in. Yeah, uh, and another one, um, we touched on him before, um, <coughs> I'm not going to mince my words on him, Gilfie Sigurdsson, with a pile of shite yesterday. Um, that, that's the only way to, to describe him. There was a, a 50-50, um, when he ended up giving a free kick away anyway, and I've never saw a lad want to pull out in a 50-50 more in my life. We talk about being bullied and there's our number 10 again, dangling the force. Now, I'll try and be balanced and say he has improved this season and he has had some good performances, but that Gilfie Sigurdsson yesterday is what we know and that's the Gilfie Sigurdsson that when we've done the squad review, we were both in no doubt that he needed moving on. Um, I just thought it was heartless. I thought he hid. I thought every opportunity, he went right up by the psychics so he couldn't receive the ball. I thought he put too much pressure on the corner to do too much work. And he's just, he was a ghost. I don't think he was a presence at all. And, and in the midfield with the likes of Shelby, I'd expect a lot more. Um, what were your thoughts on his performance? I can't disagree with anything you've just said, uh, to be honest with you. And I'm not a fan of him, uh, to be honest with you. 
I don't think that's part of his game, getting stuck in, but it doesn't matter. When you're playing for the Everton Football Club, you give 110%, even if it's something that you enjoy doing or something that you're good at, you, you give everything you've got. And um, I don't feel, I feel like he's just hiding. I think he has been for a little while now. Um, I think he's quite low on confidence, if I'm completely honest. And you could argue that he doesn't play sense in the field. He's more of an attacking threat in that um, free role, if you like. But uh, yeah, it's just, you can't excuse the the, the, the simple pass and the, you know, the, the basics of the game. You just can't excuse it. And, yeah, I don't. I don't think he, he's he's meaning to. I don't think he, he's lack of desire to play well. It's just that I don't think he's committed to the course. Um, I don't think he's wearing the badge with with enough pride, in my opinion. Yeah, there, there was an incident in the first half. Um, I can't remember who the player was, but they're on the edge of the area, the Newcastle player, and he turns his back and just sticks a leg out, and it gives a free kick away on the edge of the area. I mean, it was. I think it might be Shelby that took the free kick. It was a poor effort, and it was harmless. But you talk about giving stupid free kicks away around the area, which I've got to say, not just Sigurdsson. I think Everton the last couple of games have gave too many free kicks away around the area. But you just think you've got a midfielder in here who's turning his back, not even looking at the ball, putting challenges in. It's not good enough, and it's glaring. Um, do do the player wants us to touch on, and it, it's not because I'm being critical of him. It's an observation. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, for you, do you think that he's been isolated the last couple of games or do you think he could be doing more? I think he's he's been working hard. Um, I just don't think it's been as effective. And I, I personally put that down to the way we're setting up. Um, I don't think we're creating an awful lot. I don't think we're creating enough. Um, as I said before, we need to play to our strengths. And we've seen early doors in the season of what our strengths was and getting it wide to, to Luca Dean and getting that ball into He should have done better against Leicester with that header. Um, I think going back five, six games before then, I think he, he buries that. But I, I'm not too critical of him. I think that we've become a lot more defensive as the season's gone on, whether that be due to injuries or just uh, adapting the way we're playing a little bit. But I don't think we're creating an awful lot for him and I feel quite sorry for him. I do feel he's, he's quite isolated and he has been for a little while now. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, he has been quiet the, the last couple of games, but I do think a lot of his downs um the lack of service. And I, I think yesterday it wasn't just the lack of service, but it was the lack of being on the ball. I don't think at any point we were in control in the game. And you know, when you're at home to Newcastle as a striker, you probably expect your midfielders to get on the ball and start chances, whether that's by going out wide, finding hammers. Was absolutely nothing. So I agree with yourself. You know, I think he does put a shift in, and I don't think there's a lot wrong he's doing. Um, but yeah, it, it was a shocker, you know. And for me, it comes back to the mentality of losers. You know, th- this week we just touched on two games. If we beat Leicester, we go fourth. If we beat Newcastle at the time, we would have gone fifth. And on both occasions, for me, we never grasped the opportunity. The Leicester game. Fair enough. We have the core and Allen unavailable and you know we were on course with our game plan, rightly or wrongly, we were on course to win that. Um so I can't be too critical regardless of how we approached it. But the Newcastle game, no excuses. It just feels like a major setback. Um almost like we're back to square one. 
And I know it's a season where a lot of teams are losing games and we're no exception, but for Everton, it just feels like there's a big opportunity. And next summer, I know there's talk of a rebuild, but you've got to have Chelsea and Arsenal, Liverpool, City, Man United, all rebuilding as well. So it just feels like this is the season. You said that before about almost being patient but skipping, you know, the the time to, to get to the top, if you like. It just feels like this is an opportunity that that's being wasted because, say every week on the podcast, it's a poor league, ourselves included, it's a poor league. And whoever wins the league, they're not going to be excellent, superb champions. We've already saw Man City and Liverpool get hammered this season and it's likely one of them will win the league again. Um, but enough of that doom and gloom. We move on. We've got Leeds away Wednesday. We've got our pick ourselves up. Um, our record at Allen Road's poor, isn't it? Um, given what we just talked about with Newcastle, do you think we can bounce back and get three points here? I don't know. It, it, it all depends what Everton turn up, to be honest with you. Um, I, I, Leeds are going to be up for it. We know what they're, they're going to bring uh, attacking football. They're going to be in our face and they're going to want the three points. Uh, they're not turning up and, and going to be accepting anything less than the three points. So. Um, it depends what Everton turn up. If we turn up and, and we go toe to with them and win our individual battles, I think we can come away with a few points. But if we turn up like we did against Newcastle, um, I, I think it's the defeat on the cards. Uh, I'm actually going to go with, I'm normally quite optimistic, but I'm actually going to go with 2 2 for the Leeds game. Yeah, wouldn't be a bad result given what we just saw, to be fair. In terms of the changes, then. Um, Obviously, we're going to have to rotate because players deserve coming out the team for how we played anyway. But with a game against Leeds and then one against Man United a couple of days later, we will have to rotate. What players would you like to see come in? I'd like to see, I'd like to see us go back to to Godfrey and um, Holgate, and I can't believe I'd say that. I thought it would be for its service purpose, purpose, and then we go back to more natural defence. But I want to. I want to see us go back to that, to be honest with you. And I know that causes an issue with Richardson down the left, if you're playing Dean, because then does he go out to the right and it will be come out, which, it, you know, I've always done a lot better this season. Um, but I think in terms of being effective, I think that would probably be the best, in my opinion, anyway. Um, Dean out on the left and, and Richardson moving across to the right. don't know whether you, you disagree with that and what a will be Richardson or... I agree. I, I want to see Ben Godfrey and Mason Aldi back on the team. Um, I don't think they've done enough wrong to come out. and It's so logical. You know, we're, we're more solid with them two in the side. I don't think Seamus Coleman's doing enough to keep Hallgate out. Um, I'd like to see those two come in. I'd also like to see Robin Olsen come in for Pickford. Um, not on a rotation basis. I'd make Olsen the number one. And until Olsen makes an error, that we've saw from Pickford also would remain number one. Um, quite surprisingly for myself, saying it, I'd like to see Tom Davis coming. Um, I don't think he's a world beater, but you know when he played East Leicester, he was asked to do a specific job and he'd done a limited job. Um, I think he should be back in the team. So obviously Leeds, they're very attacking. Um, you know we saw East Leicester that quite often against these attacking teams, we surrender the ball and allow them to play. But on the back of the result we've just had, 
Do you th- how do you think Everton will approach this one? Do you think it'll be more of the same, let Leeds have the ball? Or do you think this is the game where we need a reaction and actually Everton go for it? A bit like against Wolves, Wolves away. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Again, it's whatever Everton turn, team turn, turn up. I'm sure Ancelotti is going to set us out with a, a game plan that you know comes away with three points on paper. Um, I, I put a lot of it down to individuals on the pitch. Um, I think that I, I personally think we're going to sit back and soak up a lot of pressure again and look to, for that to be solid uh, and look to take, take our chances. And, and we've got to take them as well when you're playing against the side like Leeds, you've seen tonight what they did to Leicester. You know, you've got to take your chances. And I think Dominic Carver Lewin, if you put it on the plate for him a few times in the game, um, hopefully even Richarlison, hopefully we can come away with three points. and and hit the back of the net a few times, but I think we've got to be clinical when we do have them chances. I don't think they're going to come that often, to be honest with you. Yeah, I think I agree. I think it's going to be a very hard evening. Um, I think whether we want to or not, I think the way Leeds play, they allow the majority of the ball. Um, you know what they're about. They, they, they'll play the same way every week. Um, maybe that's something that could be affecting Everton at the moment, the way Wednesday night against Leicester, we were so defensive, and then a few days later at home again, they're expected to, to turn the game around. What I mean by that is it's probably easier for playing for Leeds at the moment. It's the same every week. Mm. Wherever they go, it's the same. They don't change the way they play for anyone. Um, maybe that's something Everton needs to get right, get that balance between solid at the back, but actually being able to progress up the park and, and get that flu of football back that we saw at the start of the season. Um, I'm going to go for an Everton defeat. I know that's so so pessimistic but from what I saw against Newcastle I think Leeds are much better and you know they showed that today going to Leicester and doing a professional job on them um, so hopefully I'm wrong you know um, but at the moment I would say Leeds will have the majority of the ball and I think it's difficult putting Hallgate and Godfrey back in which you expect it's difficult to then see where the goal is going to come from um, when we're going to have so little of the ball We'll see. Say, hopefully, I'm wrong. Um, yeah, then after that, we've got Man United, and you know, it's always difficult when you're previewing a game and you've got a game midweek in between, you know, especially before the transfer window shuts. There could be a, a player in there that we have no idea about, even though that's looking unlikely. Um, just a quick one then on Man United. How do you expect Evan to approach that one? I know it's difficult, we haven't played Leeds yet. How do you see this one going in terms of will it be yet again Everton allowing the opposition most of the ball? I, I personally think so, yeah. I think you know, I think we've seen against Leicester what we're what we're about when we're playing against a team that on paper have got a better squad than us. I think we've got to try and utilise, you know, the fact that we are playing in the way, aren't we? You know, yeah. We've got to try and utilise and, and play to the fact that there's no crowd. There's normally seventy five thousand fans in the ground. So um, I think we can frustrate them early on, um, and when that chance comes, you know we take it, and hopefully we come away with three points. We know it's doable. You've seen Sheffield United do it, um, but if we allow them to play, I, I, I still think United are bang average. I think obviously they, they put us some um, a good running, but I, I think in terms of personnel, I think the bang average, and um, I think we've just got to be in the face, and we've got to put up again, just win that individual individual battles and. I think we've got a good chance of coming away three points if we do. Yeah. And who knows, you know, for all the criticism 
and, and you know, feeling down at the moment over Everton. It, it could be a week where, you know, Everton surprises again and we do get maximum points. Um, but before we play Leeds, there's a big day uh, with a big deadline day. And the start of the window, you know, the transfer window wasn't a big issue. But the reason for me anyway, the deadline day is huge now for Everton is because of the bench Everton had yesterday against Newcastle. You know, we were losing that game and we had Anthony Gordon as a forward and I said it to you loads. I think you're sick of me saying it now, but we did have more goalkeeping options than strikers and that's just not on. Um, if we just touch on the, the players that have left or, or look like they're leaving, we got Yannick Balassi, who's finally gone to Middlesbrough. Uh, we got Brantwaite, who's moved on. We got Sims, who's gone to Blackpool. Brantwaite, sorry, who's gone to Blackburn. Both long deals. Cheng Tosin, who joined Besiktas on loan. John Joe Kenny tonight is San Celtic on loan. And then we got Bernard, who looks set to go to Al Nasser. I think that is a permanent deal. Um, but that one hasn't been confirmed yet. Um, so, look, there doesn't look like there's much happening in terms of players coming in. But, you know, I know we said it off recording. You know, you got Walcott, Bernard, Tosin, Keane, who've all moved on now. All look like they're moving on. For me, we need a winger and a forward. Um, to be honest, we probably need another centre midfielder. Um, there's only 24 hours left so far, so it's it's looking unlikely. Um, what would you like to see in, in what's left of the window? What do you think Emmett need? Uh, you know, what's the kind of player you'd like to see come in? It's got to be up top, hasn't it? Um, one injury to Dominic Calvert-Lewin and we're in shift street, really. Uh, I know yeah. we've got Richards and he can play up there, but as we've already spoken about, he hasn't, he hasn't been in great form. And, and not only that, he's played a lot of football himself. Um, I definitely think one or two um, players coming through. Um, uh, you know, who's going to come to, to to sit on the bench and be number two? You know, they're going to want football, but we've got to find a way of, of promising them that and, and ensure that happens. Um, I'd love to see another winger come in, but I think priority right now is just getting another another striker through the door. Um, otherwise, it's gonna, it could be very bleak towards the back end of the year if, if Dominic Avalon does get an injury. The issue I've got with, with what you're saying with Richarlison being the backup striker is, I mean, you know, besides the fact that he's in poor form, I think he's a class player and I think he'll come through it. But if you put Richarlison up top, he goes out wide. You know, you, you're really restricting yourself. You, if you put Hammers up top, let's say Cavalier gets an injury, you put Richarlison up front, you've got Hammers and a Wobie out wide, then you've only got Anthony Gordon in reserve, and then you're relying on a Wobie who unfortunately reverted back to his own form against Newcastle. Mm-hmm. You've then got Hammers who I'm doubtful Hammers can play two games in a week, 90 minutes, week on week. You know, he, he seems someone who will always need time off the team. It looks threadbare and I suppose really I wanted to get your point your opinion on Cheng Tosin and Bernard in particular. Um I mean, I, I know neither of them are world beaters and, and you know it's not so much them going for me that is the worst part of it, but if we don't replace them it leaves us short. I mean Bernard has had his moments, as is Cheng Tosin briefly. What what are your thoughts on both of them leaving? Are you sad to see them go or I'm not sad to see St. Tolson leave. I don't think that he should have been signed. He was at Allardyce signing, wasn't he? Uh, yeah. I don't. I just think it was probably he's a business and you know, reach the desperation and nothing against him. 
because I just don't think he's been good enough. Bernard, I just don't think we've ever seen another consistent one in the team, no matter you know what manager we've had. We have seen glimpses of him. I do. I, I just think that Bernard's issues, again, has been and with other players, is that inconsistency in his performances. He just gone missing for certain games, but he's got that that moment of magic in him. Um, I think he's a really tidy footballer. But it's a shame it's not working out for Bernard, especially given he was a big transfer as well. Because it would have, you know, um, been a great signing if, if it did work out. But um, I mean. Sitting on the bench, isn't he? And he's on a lot of money with him being a three transfer, so it's probably his best to move him on. But that being said, someone needs to be replacing. It's great to get all these players off the books and stop paying the wages, which you know, like Yannick Balassi, how long he's been paying his wages for when he hasn't been playing. Um, but at the same time, if it leaves us short, it's going to be injustice, really, isn't it? You know what I mean? Towards the, the back end of the season, as I said. Yeah, that, that's my issue. Um... I'm going to reserve judgment until the window shuts. I think that's only fair. But the issue I have with Marcel Brands is he's had a lot of praise and credit the, the last week or two because of the outgoings and saving money. But, you know, we're Evertonians, we're not accountants, and Everton saving money on the wages is, is great for business. But as a fan, yesterday we're losing to Newcastle and you're looking at that bench, you know, just to freshen it up and change it, needing a goal. And there was only Anthony Gordon. And, you know, this is an Anthony Gordon who hasn't been making the bench for a long time. It's clear Ancelotti doesn't fancy him. And now he's the only forward available. Um, I agree with yourself. I don't think Bernard's being consistent. And Bernard and Tosin Gowan is not the end of the world in terms of what they brought to Everton. But they were options. You know, against Rodham, for example, Tank Tosin got a decent goal. And... Probably should have had a second goal. It was onside and it was disallowed. Okay, it's only Rotherham, but it's an option. It's a, it's a lad who can score a couple of goals. You've removed that. Bernard, again, you know, I mean, in a home leg, home game against Man United, he got himself a goal. He come on at Bramall Lane on Boxing Day and he helped turn the game. He is a player that can bring something to Everton. Albeit, it's all been too fleeting. To, you know, at the moment, they haven't been consistent, but we've now lost all of that. You know, when I said it with Walcott, he was another one who, not a world beater, but he could weigh in with your goal. And Everton removed all of that. And as we sit tonight recording, there's nothing coming in. I would go as far as to say it's negligence if Everton don't replace those players. And I think if Carver Loomis to get an injury and we don't bring any forwards in, I think we are in an absolute crisis and we can forget about the league and the cup. Um, I mean, there's another argument in terms of mentality and character whether we'll do anything in the league and cup anyway. But to totally remove and nullify all of our options up front, for me, it's crazy. Um, and if we are clearing the books for the summer, then just let the fans know a bit of communication. Because at the moment, as a fan, it's quite brilliant. Um, but there is another day in the window to go. So as unlikely as it looks, we could have something out the blue, and then all of a sudden the, the outgoings make a bit more sense. But yeah, we, we'll see what happens. Um, so that's it for this week's episode of Talking Toffees. We'd like to say a huge thank you to the Terrace who currently provided two Everton retro mugs to give away. So make sure you've entered the competition on Twitter. All you need to do is like and retweet the competition. Thanks all for listening. Let's hope we do bounce back. Starts with a win at Ellen Road Wednesday night and go get three points at Old Trafford. 
it can only get better after yesterday. Up the top is.